you had your, you had your chance. You had your chance. Huh? All right. Good evening, everyone. Glad that you're here. Um, a few things before we get started. We'll announce again tonight, but I wanted to bring it up to this group. Remember, we're soliciting your feedback on the uh, Wednesday night changes, the proposed change about going from 7 o'clock Bible classes, moving it up to 6.30. So instead of 7 to 8, it would be 6.30 to 7.30. Um, We really do want to hear from you. So if you like it, if you don't like it, if you don't care, that's, as was said Sunday, silence does not mean agreement. So we want you to know your opinion is valued. Also, please understand, we'll make a decision at some point, and if the decision was not what you wanted, please don't get upset with us. Anything we decide will be a trial. So if we stay at 7, and a few weeks into it, we're getting more feedback, and we might change our minds. If we go to 6.30, it's not a permanent. We may do it for a month or two, and then we'll solicit feedback again. Um, The other thing is, please try it. (laughs) The worst thing is, oh, I hate that change. So I'm not coming. And then a month later, you're complaining about it. Well, if you don't try it, right, you know, so please try it and give us your feedback. And then I want to encourage you, if you're one that, that leaves right after the Bible class, give us a chance, right? We're, we're making adjustments to the Devo. We're trying to be within the time frame, not just for the sake of being within the time frame. We never mind studying God's Word. We never mind prayer. Somebody has a response that's appropriate. But we also appreciate that life happens. And it's easy for, I'll be honest, three elders who don't have little kids in tow, right? And who oftentimes have a a spouse with us. And sometimes people are here with one spouse or they have kids in tow. And so we understand their realities of life. Uh, So we're not blowing that off. We're not saying time constraints or what what matter most. They aren't. But we do want to be mindful of things that might get more people the ability to stay or be involved or fellowship or hear a Devo. Um, So that's why we're doing that. So if we make a change, please give us a chance. Um, Even if we don't make a change, please give us a chance. We are trying to to be mindful of those requests. Um, I was hoping to briefly say something about Dale Jenkins. He's landed in Anchorage, and I don't know where he is beyond that. I just know he's here. So... Uh, it could be all the snow. Remember, he's from Tennessee. It could be all the snow has kept him from making it here because there's snow on the mountaintops. And in Tennessee, they close down schools and businesses because you can see snow in the distance. So it could be that that happened. We'll see if he makes it in tonight. Um, okay, I think that gets us started. And then the other thing is many of you have correctly noticed um, I not only kept my suit on, but I kept my suit and tie And it was that kind of day. So thank you for those that (laughs) noticed that. I appreciate it. Um, I hope you've had a wonderful day. But having that kind of day reminds me of the value of being here. Um, I don't come just because I want to feel better. I don't come just because it's about refreshing me. But there is a value in being here. And I don't know about you, but um, the best thing I do in the middle of the week is come and be with my church family. Um, the Bible time, the study, the, the talking beforehand, the talking and fellowshipping afterwards. Uh, so on days like this are all the more important reason for me to be here because it really does make a difference in my life, and I hope it does in yours as well. So, All right, let's open with a word of prayer. Loving Father, we do thank you for a time we have in the middle of our busy week and our busy lives to pause, spend time in your word, reflect upon you, your goodness, your holiness, uh, your, your message for us. 
to spend time with those that are like-minded, that we love and we want to be around. Thank you for this opportunity to be together as a family. Thank you for this opportunity to study your word. And uh, we hope and pray that we can take from your word what you would have us to learn. Please bless our discussion tonight. Bless our time together. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, we're going to continue in Exodus 20 if you want to be moving there. So Exodus chapter 20. We have made it through eight of the ten, ten commandments, as we would call them, as you know. And Dale, uh, Dale, I apologize, have Dale on my brain. Tony mentioned, you know, there's hundreds more that follow this. Um, so the ten commandments were not the most important part of the law, and everything else followed was less. It was the initial statements by God, and then something happens at the end of those ten. The people get scared. God is talking to the whole congregation, and at the end of those ten, they say, oh, please, wait a minute, we're about to die if God continues to talk to us. So there is a change that occurs there, and the rest of the law is given. Uh, The first four we talked about was the Israelites' relationship with God, and then the next six establish a, a society that functions, establish family relationships, property values, how we treat one another, how we interact with one another, establishes what God expects in our lives from a daily living. And then he goes on with many more about daily living, about uh, cleanliness, and about worship. But then the next six are kind of in that focus. So we made it to, I'm hoping, I just realized I might have gone one, two, four, but we'll see. Did we make it? We did do not steal last week, right? Good, because I have a big X across that, not to go over it this week. So if we needed to go over it. Okay, we, we are going to be down to verse 16. Okay. You shall not bear false witness against your neighbor. Okay. Big fancy term there. What does it mean to bear false witness? Okay. So is this a do not lie commandment? Is that what God literally says here? So, literally, this is saying when you go to testify about something that you saw, do not be dishonest. Do not lie. Okay? So, you go to court. We're settling a dispute. Uh, you see somebody steal something. You see somebody damage someone. Do not tell a lie. That is the literal translation is in a type of proceeding. We talked about literal versus intent. What is God's intent for this law? Yeah, I think do not lie is a pretty good one. Don't lie about each other. Don't make up stories, right? Yeah. Uh, So what might this include? What does this include? Remember, we talked about how the Israelites often missed it, right? Oh, I didn't murder anybody, but I sure hated my brother, right? And Jesus is like, ah, you missed it. So do not bear false witness. When you go to a proceeding, when you go to a criminal proceeding, a civil proceeding, a court, don't lie about someone. What is God's intent here? What is his broader intent? And Tracy covered part of it. Don't lie at all. Don't talk about someone, right? So this could include a lot of things. We might use the term slander. What does slander mean? (laughs) Bearing false witness. That is an excellent definition, Tracy. So what does bear false witness mean? Slander. Good. We are in a good spot here. Good. That's a good... What is... What is slander? So, I'll tell you, there's a difference in today's society between slander and libel, if it helps you think about it. Tony, what's slander mean? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So I like the I like the first term you use there, maliciously. There's an intent behind it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Saying something against somebody. Right. So. Yeah, defam- okay, that's, that would be the legal term nowadays, defamation of character. I say something that hurts someone's character. Dale, welcome. One of my favorite people in the world is Dale Jenkins. Um, go ahead, Tony. Yeah, you know that. Yeah, let's stop there for a minute. Tony brings up a good point a picture of the trial of Jesus. So let's think about who put Jesus on trial. The Romans? No. Who put Jesus on trial? people who were supposed to be following this right here and the the literal command is don't go to a proceeding and say something false about someone else did that happen on trial they are literally trying to convict jesus by breaking the law that they are saying we're perfect and follow right they are doing exactly what god said don't do it's not even a well i thought he was they were going and breaking this direct command yeah um, so, we see in the New Testament the term slander. So, don't def- defame someone's character. Don't say someone. We might also use the word libel, which means you wrote it out. Um, we talked about lying. What about gossip? What does gossip mean? It can be. It can be slanderous as well. Yeah. Yeah, so... Sl- yeah, even if it's true. So I want to make I want to stop here for a minute because we talked about the literal every every one of the commands. We made sure we knew we were doing what God intended literally, right? Do not murder, but we were doing what God intended completely. Do not hate your brother, right? Yeah, that's that's been God's original intent. And so we oftentimes get hung up here when we talk about the word gossip. So when we go to the New Testament, you will see lying and gossip listed separately in the same list. Lying is not gossiping. Okay. You will see slander and gossip listed separately in the same list. Okay, Meaning, you can slander and not be gossiping. You can gossiping and not be slandering. But they can overlap, right? But they are different things. Okay, um, 1 Timothy 5.13 was talk, is talking, Paul's talking to Timothy in here. And he's giving instructions about different groups. And he's talking about um, the young widows here. Besides that, they learn to be idlers. Okay. Going about from house to house, and not only idlers, but also gossips and busybodies, and this is your definition, saying what they should not say. That's a pretty good definition. Anything that shouldn't be said, right? It can be true. And I've had this argument with people very intently. Oh, well, I wasn't gossiping because what I said was true. Yeah, it's still a sin. You can say something that is completely true and be sinning as you say it because it shouldn't be said. Really? Yes. Yes, so intent matters. They're all premeditated is what Tony said. So intent matters. What is, why are you doing what you're doing? Now, I will say this. You can gossip with good intentions and still be sinning. Okay, so... All right, let me, I've got a couple examples written down. Tony, you don't mind if I pick on you, correct? I'm going to use you as an example. I was going to use Dale because I know Dale very well, but y'all don't know Dale and you might think what I say is true. So, all right, I tell you, Tony's in the hospital, right? Let's pray for him. Oh, that's a, that's a good thing, right? I'm talking about another person. That is not gossip. 
Tony's in the hospital. Let's pray for him. I have good intentions. It doesn't damage you. It doesn't hurt your reputation. We're doing it to get people to pray for you. Tony's in the hospital with a broken leg. Okay. Tony's in the hospital with a broken leg as he was running from the police. Did I say anything that was wrong? Well, that could be completely true. I've now sinned. Why did I tell you he was running from the police? Well, it was true. That only makes him look bad. If I add that in, it may be completely true. And you may want to know it, but it's still sin. Because what I added in made him look bad. And if I say anything that makes him look bad, there's a chance it's sin, and most likely it is. If you say anything that makes somebody look bad. Now, I'm not saying 100%, but for the most part, anytime you say something that damages someone else, you need to say, did I just sin? Can I say something negative about the president? I'm not talking about, you know, I don't think he's doing a good job or I think he's doing a good job. Oh, you just sent. No, 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 no. We're talking political conversation. That doesn't damage his reputation, right? But if I say something that, I, you know, Tony's in the hospital because he broke his leg when he was running from the police because they were going to arrest him for stealing something. Well, I wanted people to pray for him, and that's why. No, I didn't. And even if I did, I still sinned. Even if my intentions were good, that is a sinful statement because I hurt Tony. Well, I didn't mean to. So, it still hurt him. Why did that last part need to be included? Did you need to know it? No. Did it make a difference how we're going to pray for him? No. Did it make a difference in how we react? No. But it hurt him. And so I want us, and this is a tough one for me because I like details. So when I tell stories, it's all about the details. But guess what? I don't need to tell the details unless they make a difference. Tony's in the hospital at Alaska Regional versus Providence. That makes a difference. Tracy, are you worried? that? I'm, <laughs> yeah. Tony's not in the hospital. He's sitting right here in case anybody's wondering. And I, I did not see him running from the police. I want to make sure I clarify that. So, yes, sir. Yes, I have, unless I'm telling it to police when they ask me. It is a sin for me to hurt his reputation to other brothers and sisters or to the world. It doesn't matter. It's my sin to propagate that. No one has a right to know the sin in your life. Now, this is a tricky part that people, people, I understand what you're saying, but no one has a right to know. So, I get arrested tomorrow and it's in the paper for embezzlement. Boy, this is a pretty downer class here. Tony, you and I are having some police problems here, aren't we? I embezzle, I get arrested tomorrow, I lose my job, it's in the paper. I'm going to tell you, if you talk about it with anybody other than me, it's a sin. You can say, well, now Stephen is in jail. We need to help him. That's fine. Stephen lost his job. Are you going to help me, or are you saying that just to tell people? That's a sin. Are you saying, it? hey, Stephen lost his job. Let's help get him some food. That's not a sin. But if you're saying, did you know Stephen lost his job because he got arrested? Why did you say it? Maury? But, it, but so what? A fact doesn't mean that it's okay to say it. If it hurts me, well, if it damages your brother, it is a sin, correct? If, it dam- if you say something that damages your brother, isn't that sinful? Doesn't Jesus say we should be about encouraging, lifting up? Anything that gossips that damages your reputation? Now, if you go to the person because you want them to come out of sin, that's a whole different discussion. So did you come to me about it? Hey, that's a different discussion, right? You come to me about it and it doesn't work out, so you go to the elders? That's a different discussion. But making it true, a fact, does not make it okay to say. And let me ask this. How do you know it's a fact? Because it's in the paper? Anybody ever heard the paper be wrong? 
How do you know it's a fact? Because you heard it from another brother? Anybody know someone else to pass? What? They were praying for him in jail. They weren't gossiping about But they were, right. So Stephen went to jail. It's not a problem. Stephen got arrested because he was embezzled and he lost his job. Why did that need to be known? No, I'm, both can be sinful. Both can be sinful. I would say it's the opposite. I, yeah. So the heart of the problem is why are you saying it? Let's ask that. Why are you saying it to someone else? Mm-hmm. If you say something that damages them, why are you saying it? That's a simple question. Mm-hmm. Anything that hurts your brother? Then why didn't you go to your brother? So, you don't know where the jail is? You don't know where the jail is? Okay. Okay. So, first of all, do you know the facts? So, you may be saying something false, which would make it a lie, correct? No, 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 no. Anytime you hear, let's make this clear. This is the problem. You're saying it's true. How do you know it's true? Right? To who? Well, I I don't agree with that. Yeah, no, it may be a fact, but that doesn't make it right. Well, that's not a good standard. Undoubtedly, part of the city thinks it is. Yeah, I would disagree with that. Yeah. Sure, and you have that right. But again, let's make it clear. If you damage a brother, why? Go ahead, Mari. Correct. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. When we talk about a brother. Correct. 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 That's the bottom line. If you're saying it to me because you want to, hey, I want to pray for this guy, that's not a sin. I agree. But where did it go beyond that? Did you then pray for them and then you go try to help them? But that's not what happens. What I say is, Mari, did you know Tony's in jail? Let's pray for him. And then I go, did you know Tony was in jail? Now it's a gossip. Now it is a sin. And I may have good intentions. It doesn't matter if it's true. First of all, do I know it's true? Right. Let's start with that. Maybe that's the first step is go help your brother. Right, but 99% of the time, that's not what's going on. Let's be, let's be completely truthful and honest. Most of the time, what's going on, I have a piece of information, and I want others to know. 
That's, that is what's going on most of the time. I, we can come up with women's ministry. Hey, that's great. You and Vernita go visit. Perfect. Now, you tell six other sisters you're going to visit. Why? Maybe it was useful. Maybe it wasn't. I mean, let's be honest. Are you passing on any information to people that don't need to know it? Well, they have a right to know. No, no. Let's make that clear. I don't have a right to know the sin going on in your life unless I'm going to try to help you correct it. And I don't help you correcting it by talking to other people about it. The scenarios we're coming up with aren't what's happening. It's not. I love that, I love that you're going to help a sister in jail, but that's not what's happening most of the time with us. What's happening is we're talking about a brother or sister. And we think it's okay because it's true. And let's put it on the line. I don't see any kids in here, so I'm going to lay it out there. I've done this too. I've heard it here about people's jobs, about people's marriages, about people's past lives. I'm going to tell you I've heard it, and it's a sin when I hear it. Let's put it out there, right? Let's make that clear. And people say it because they think they have the knowledge, and I've heard multiple times when people come to me with facts, and it is not true. But it has to be true. They know. No, they don't. They think they do. I've heard multiple times when people came to me because they want to make it right. They've never gone to the person. Don't tell me you want to make it right when you've never talked to the person. If you want guidance, I've never dealt with this. How do I deal with this? That's fine, but that's not what's going on. Most of the time, what are they doing? They want to win me over their side. That's what they want to do. Or they want to brag about what they know. So let's be honest. That's what's going on 99% of the time. And when you look at the list in the New Testament... This is right next to sexual immorality. This is right next to theft. This is right next to lying. Meaning God views this the same. So if I'm saying something that damages somebody else's reputation, I'm not going to say 100% of the time it's, it's a sin, but I better check myself. I better really put it in check and say, why am I doing it? Oh, it's a fact. Don't matter. That doesn't make it okay. They have a right to know. No, they don't. If it has anything to do with my ego, and Maury hit the nail on the head there, people like having the insider information. They like knowing something about somebody else. right? So I doubt the people praying for Peter were sitting around going, do you know he was in jail? Yeah, Peter's in jail. No, that's not the way they were doing it. And they weren't saying Peter's in jail because he did this and because he did that. They had a Christian brother in jail that they were tearfully praying for. right? But that's not what we're doing. I hope it is. I hope going to visit him in jail is what we're doing. But let's be honest. I'm going to tell you, I've been here 10 months, and I can give you 50 examples, and none of them had to do with that. No, I'm not going to. What I'm saying is we're all guilty of it, and instead of saying, well, what about this and what about that, why don't we go, you're right. I've done this in my life, Tony. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm.
Mm-hmm. Has anybody ever come to you about anything that wasn't true? I would say as an elder, more than half the time when somebody's come to me about another person's sin, they didn't have all the facts. And it may be closer to 75 to 80% of the time. And oftentimes they have good intentions. Go ahead, Tony. Correct. Yeah, so let's go beyond that. My intentions, Tony talks about that, good or bad. But if what I'm saying causes a division, causes strife, I've added another layer of sin. Maury? Boy, that's a really good point. You know, God's intent is for us to carry our integrity with us. And if we are liars or slanderers or causing strife, who's going to believe us when we then talk about the gospel? And that's a good point. We now have no integrity, right? And it may be that I had good intentions that ruined that integrity, but it ruined that integrity. It may be that I had bad intentions, but it ruined that integrity. It may be that what I said was true, but it ruined that integrity. It may be that what I said was false, and I thought it was true, but it ruined that integrity. And now I'm less effective in spreading the gospel. That's a really good point. So my sin now has affected possibly someone else's soul. My sin may cause a division. Dale, I see you with your hand up. I know you love this topic. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Tony. He's in jail still. Tony's in jail still, but yeah, they heard what happened with him. <laughs> So Dale makes a point there that I may have good intentions, I may say it the right way, but the person I say it to, it leads to sin in their life, which means I sinned, right? I didn't mean to, but I said an idle word, Matthew twelve thirty six. Every idle word, you know, that means every word that comes out of my mouth I'm accountable for. Intentional, unintentional. And again, for the most part, gossip is not because we have good intentions. For the most part, gossip is cause, not because we have good intentions. Let's be intellectually honest with ourselves. I can be that about me. Very seldom do I think, you know, 
I saw Tony in the clinic the other day, and I saw the kind of infection he was getting treated for, and I want you to pray for him. Did I say that with good intentions? I didn't. It may be completely true, and I'm a urologist, and you can start figuring that out, right? I did not see Tony in the clinic. Go ahead, Tony. So, yeah, yeah. This, yeah, this guy named Tony, whoever he is. It's my wife with a wig. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maury makes a really good point. So, yes. That's a really good point as well. So I, I come to you know, I come to court and I say, you know, I, I'm, I'm having a problem because we go to the beach and I see these women and I'm, I'm lusting. So, I, you know, pray for me. I'm really having that problem. I want to get past that. And so he says, you know, I'm going to let somebody else know so they can pray for him and let somebody else know. All of a sudden now I don't feel comfortable confessing my sins to anyone, right? Why would I do that? Now it's embarrassing me. Now it's out in public. Uh, and now... Well, should Stephen be an elder? He has a sin in his life. I mean, it, so there's, and again, he may have good intentions, but it's ruined me as an elder, and now it's ruined, it's, it's, it's made life difficult for me as a Christian because I don't want to confess my sins, which I'm commanded to do, right? I mean, it really does, it really does damage. It really does damage. So Emily and I were in Memphis, and we were part of a congregation that had about 220 members, give or take. There were two preachers. There were no elders. And so we had men's meetings. And one day, someone from the congregation told me, came to me and said, Did you know we're about to have a big problem because so-and-so, the wife of one of the men who's being considered as an elder, we didn't have enough men yet, but one is having an affair with so-and-so that is the preacher. I said, What? I don't believe that. They said, oh, yes. In fact, you know, we're having a men's meeting coming up, and it's going to be a topic. And I thought, well, what in the world? And I thought about it. I was young, and in one of my wiser moments, which is not always the case, many times I do unwise things, I picked up the phone. And I called both the preachers, one of which was the subject of this rumor. I said, can I meet with you? Because I heard something about this person. I wanted a witness there. And so what should I do when I hear about this person? I have one option. Well, I have two. One is pray about it and forget it, right? The other is to go talk to him. Short of either one of those, I'm going to sin, right? Okay? I went and talked to the person. He said, what? Where did you hear that? Within a couple of days, they had brought the person. To... 
not only was it not true, the story wasn't even possible. So it wasn't even like, oh, they're just lying. These people were out of town when it supposedly took place. So we have a, we have a congregational meeting that Sunday. This is during the week. We have a congregational meeting that Sunday. And he got up and he said, this is a story that's going around about me. How many of you have heard this story? There were about 100 people at the meeting. Almost 100 hands went up. He said, it's not true. He said, how many of you came to me or talked to me about it? Mine was the only hand that went up. Now, I don't mean, oh, I'm right. This will tell you. He was ready to leave the church over it. We were, I mean, we were about to appoint elders, and one of those people with their wife was the subject. And you know what? Everybody said, well, I wanted to find out if it was true, so I asked so-and-so about it. Well, that's a sin. Why'd you ask so-and-so about it? Well, and then I went and asked them, and I wanted them to verify. Why did you ask them to go verify? They're a Christian, and you're not. They have a responsibility, and you don't. Ninety percent of that congregation is in an uproar over this affair that never occurred between the minister and the wife of someone who's about to be appointed an elder. That's what gossip does. And everybody said they had good intentions. And then where do they have that safe place to confess their sins, which we're commanded to do? Where do they have that place to then get a a brother in Christ to say, I know you're struggling with this. Let me pray with you about it. Why don't I be your accountability partner? Here's my phone number. You call me 24-7. Right. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. No, it's not for the benefit of that person. So, again, I want to be intellectually honest because I've 
I'm not going to sit up here and say that gossip's not something that's never crossed my lips. It is an issue I have, right? Because it is easy to talk about people. It is easy to think, well, if I tell about their problems, then people aren't going to look at my problems, right? It's easy to talk about other people's sin. Let's be intellectually honest. The vast majority of time, when we talk about other people and it damages them, we're not doing it because we want what's best for them. Let's just be honest about that. Even if we say we do, the vast majority of time, we're doing it in sin. That is a true statement. You may be the exception to the one in a million, and I'm glad you are. But if so, that's that really is the exception. The vast majority of time when we talk about others and it damages them, we're sinning and we're gossiping. That's, that is just a realistic statement. Even with good intentions. Right? I mean, that's... You want to know the top the top reason why churches see fractions? Some would say it's worldliness, but I would say gossip is certainly either number one or a close number two. You want to know what gets preachers fired? Oh, they're not any good. No. Oh, they, they preached on something that was untrue. No. Do those things happen? Yes. It is gossip. You want to know what number one thing that causes preachers to quit? Well, Dale would know this better than me, but I would say gossip is on that list, and they get tired of it. Youth ministers, it's the same. Elders, it's the same. It is Satan's tool. I would say worldliness is the number one thing they're going to keep American Christians struggling to get into heaven, just to be quite frank. But gossip is going to be a close second because it is so widely accepted. We have entire newspapers, radio stations, television, YouTube. It is about gossip, the stars, the celebrities. And so we bring it into our lives. It's a tough one. I struggle with it. I'm not sitting here saying I'm better than anybody else. But let's be truthful. Anchorage Church of Christ is not better either. We, we are people. We are humans, and we struggle with this, and it's something we need to address. Um, all right. So uh, Romans 1, 29 and 30, 2 Corinthians 12, 20, multiple lists that talk about gossip. And again, it is a difference between gossip and slander. There's a difference between gossip and lying. So let's make it very clear. Gossip can be true, it can be a fact, and it's still sinful. Okay, That is very. That is a biblically-based statement. It's different than slander. It's different than lying. So. All right. Um, okay. Do not bear false witness. That's <laughs> with a broken leg from your wife. Yes. So we will not say anything about the wig to her. Don't let her watch this on tape either. Okay. Um, Rome, uh, Exodus twenty seventeen. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servant or his female servant or his ox or his donkey or anything that is your neighbor's. Okay. So what is it literally saying we shouldn't do? Yeah. So there's a list of things that we shouldn't want that our neighbor has. Okay, that's the literal. What's the intent is about coveting anything, right? It's not actually limited to just my neighbor, right? We understand that. It's not actually limited to this list, right? I hope we understand that. The intent is coveting. Now, um, does coveting mean you can never want anything in life? No, no. Does coveting mean you can't admire what someone else has? No. Does coveting mean, wow, you know, that... That person's achieved that job. I want to work towards being that. They have it. They want it. Oh, now you're coveting. No, 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 no. It's not about I have to be very satisfied with where I am and never wanting to change anything. Paul talks about if you're a slave and you have the opportunity to gain your freedom, what do you do? Gain your freedom. 
Right? That's okay. It's okay to want to change your life circumstances. It's okay to change where you are. So make sure you understand what coveting is. So then, what is coveting? It, you know, that is the key word. Russ said it there. In fact, it's compared to idolatry in the New Testament. That's what coveting is. That thing becomes something I get consumed with, or I become occupied with, or something that I want. Again, um, if I have no job, and I want a job like someone else has, that's okay. If it becomes consuming to me, that could still be coveting, right? Well, I, I'm, you know, well, I, I want Russ's car, and I, I, I may be able to afford it, I may not be. I need to, that car is what's driving, how do I get the money to get that car? Nothing wrong with planning, right? Jesus says you're going to build a house, make sure you make plans. But I got to make sure that it doesn't consume me. I got to make sure it doesn't occupy me. Right, and it's the idolatry, and that's the word Russ used that is compared, um, that is in Ephesians five and following, three and following. Covetous is idolatry. That's what it is, um, because it is about worshiping that item, those things, those things that someone else has. Um, the other one that's tough for me is um, coveting. To me, also means that I have to be happy when other people get things. And that's a tough one for me. So, if tomorrow the person I like least in my family, or let you know, you look around this auditorium and figure, who do I like least in here? I know, oh, you love everybody, but who do you like least? Tomorrow they're walking down the street. Elon Elon Musk is involved in a wreck. They save their lives, and he says, "Thank you for saving my life." Here's a hundred million dollars to the person you like least. Are you mad that they got that hundred million? Are you jealous that they got that hundred million? Now, would you, do you want a hundred million? Oh, there's nothing wrong with. Oh, yeah, it'd be nice to have a hundred million, right? But why are you mad that somebody else got it? Yeah, yeah. Hey, buddy, how are you? Yeah, that's right. You know, and so to me, that jealousy, that that jealousy of what someone else gets, can also be a challenge here. Okay. Uh, now, that doesn't mean, well, anytime somebody, you know, if they get $100 million, do you wish you had more money? Well, I think most of us would say, yeah, because hopefully I can do some good things with that. Hopefully I can relieve some of the anxiety in my life. Hopefully I can help other people. But does it consume me? Does it occupy me? Or do I think, man, I hope they get hit by a truck and I'm in his will? That changes things, doesn't it? I can't believe that jerk got $100 million. Right. So Tony gets the hundred. If you've been in the hospital, you deserve the hundred million, right, Tony? You, yeah. Right. So you know, I can't, I can't believe he got that. Well, now he's going to move so somewhere else, and now I'm mad at you know. So that jealousy can be a challenge as well. Uh, and again, this is one that's tough for me because um, I grew up younger age. There were a few things that we were really jealous of, right? As a as a teenage boy, what do you think was the top of that list? Cars. Yes. I mean, goodness. I had a friend whose dad was a car collector, and at one point he was a billionaire. It was very easy to covet and be jealous at the age of 16, 14, 15, 16, 17, right? Um, and that was a challenge for me. Now I have a, uh, if I have a car that turns on when I hit the button, I'm pretty, I like that. That's pretty good. And if it actually heats before I get in it, my goodness, I mean, that's fabulous, right? I'm really fancy now. Uh, so my priorities have changed. Uh, nothing wrong, you know, if somebody said, hey, do you want a Lamborghini tomorrow? Yes. Oh, so you're coveting. No, 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 no. Oh, you're jealous. No, no. 
But if you ask me, yeah, I want that. Does it consume me? Does it become an idol in my life? Does it become something I'm focusing on, I'm putting my energy into? And that's where the, that's where the challenge is with coveting. Um, and it can be another one that's tricky. But I don't think we openly struggle with this as much as we do with the bearing false witness and the gossip and the lying. And the, I think that one's a, a harder one. Uh, because most of us, particularly in the family, we've learned how to be happy for others that get things. And um, I think this does sometimes cross over into worldliness, which can be a challenge. Um, you know, do, do I have a house that's adequate? And what is an adequate house? Do I have a car that's adequate? And that's very hard because we could be very judgmental and we have to avoid that. You know, what? how much money can you spend on a car and not be considered worldly? Well, I don't know that it's an exact amount. And I don't know that it's the same for everybody. So we have to be very careful in those areas. Uh, and so we won't go down the worldliness pathway, but from a covetous standpoint, that's me and my heart. So, mm-hmm. Well, and that's one of the comparisons there in Ephesians about saying something false about someone so that you can gain. Because the covetous doesn't have to be things. It can be position, power, influence as well. Yeah, and so if I take Russ down a notch, I become more important to everybody. And that could be not only gossip or bear false witness but that could be covetous i want what you have as far as that position so yeah all right thank y'all very much that finish out the finishes out the ten commandments uh next week james is going to do an introduction to his class that's coming up because i'm going to be out and then i'll be back for a few weeks after that so and uh, we'll start our, our uh, devo here in just a minute